Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I'd love to hear what some of your new traditions that you may have forged this year were. I think it would be helpful for people. Uh, maybe we can compile a little list. You can post post those in the Facebook group or comment on my Instagram about it, and maybe we'll compile something for for everybody so that everybody has some new, fresh ideas for themselves and their kiddos going forward, and then maybe even into Christmas. I think that would be really nice. So today we have with us Nicole Sodoma. Nicole is a marriage-loving divorce attorney. She is the founder of Sodoma Law, and she is the author of the book, Please Don't Say You're Sorry, and the companion workbook that's just come out. And it's really, I, I love this conversation with Nicole because it really feels like she's she's asking the right questions in her workbook and in her, in, in her book. So um, these are questions that you should all be thinking about. So I'm just going to turn it over now to my conversation with Nicole Sedona. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about all the things, but we're going to start off um, talking about your book. Um, it's been out for a while. Please don't say you're sorry. Tell us a little bit about the book and please don't say you're sorry. What is the title? What is that about? Well, the book is um, Please Don't Say You're Sorry, an empowering perspective on marriage, separation and divorce from a marriage loving divorce attorney. <laughs> because I am truly a marriage loving divorce attorney. I have been I've been practicing law for 23 years. 15 years ago, I opened up uh, a practice. We, that's what we're known for, right? That's what, uh, that's my baby is family law. Always mm -hmm. is family law on a good day or a, being a divorce attorney on a bad day. That's um just a, <laughs> right. like you want to describe it, right? But one of the things that became really apparent was when I got divorced, which was uh, about four years ago, I discovered that there were all these things that my clients weren't telling me and had not been telling me. And there are all these things that I wish I would have been telling my clients because by the time they got to my conference room, it was all business. It was tactical. It was strategy. It was, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of times that I've taken my clients to help them get apartments or cars or open bank accounts, but this was different. This was mm -hmm. them not telling me what it felt like to be on a soccer field and to watch your child or children walk away with another family. Sure. Uh, yeah. not That's what they talked to me about. Uh, I, right. Because I'm the coach. That's yes, what they talked to me about. Right. 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 But, you know, um, they weren't talking about that. And the tears were about 
uh, closure and resentment. It wasn't about, you know, the practical changes that were going to happen, the evolution um, from the point of separation forward. And although, you know, I'm a very much a forward thinker and we're always talking about strategy and I'm not ever in the here and now, I'm always helping clients plan. There were all these big issues that they just weren't bringing up. And so, um, of course, you learn so many things about yourself and others when you go through a divorce uh, firsthand. And so what the book eventually came to be, what I wanted it to be, I should say, was um, (laughs) when I said I was going to write a book, it was many, many years ago. And I said, I think it should be a bathroom book before Instagram went to the bathroom with us. Right, right, right. All the funny things that happen in relationships that you shouldn't do if you want to stay married. And so... (laughs) That's kind of where it started. Where it landed was the uh, unexpected divorce that I had. And then all these years experience in the domestic law area. And uh, so I broke it up into three pieces. The first piece is about marriage. Mm -hmm. The second piece is about separation. And of course, the third piece is about divorce. Yes, you know, all states have their own laws around separation and divorce um, and there's some interesting laws in, you know, some states like North Carolina still has alienation of affections um, and criminal conversation of all things. So like there's some of those. What is a criminal conversation? Oh, gosh. Criminal conversation is a really old law that still exists. And it sounds criminal, but actually it's civil. It's like a strict liability tort. That is if there is actual sexual intercourse that uh, before separation that you could be liable for real money. And it usually goes before a jury. Some people use this law um, as leverage in their domestic case with the hopes of gaining more in their actual domestic case, threatening the criminal conversation alienation cases, which usually go together, and then ultimately dropping them because they get really what they want in the domestic case. So again, strategy, these little nuances, but you know, every state has their own laws, but there are some common denominators without giving legal advice on some things that you can be doing when you're married, if you want to stay married, knowing how it's impossible or or possible, what it's like to be separated, what questions you should be asking yourself, and then what divorce is going to be like and understanding some of the lawyer speak in a more, you know, down to earth approachable way. And of course, there's some humor in it because, you know, doing what we do is hard. And so there's plenty of humor in there. Right. And every chapter ends with hard questions. Yes. Yes. Every chapter ends with hard questions. Uh, The questions you probably don't want to be asking yourself, the problem, the questions you probably don't want to answer, and they're going to take some time. So the section, we just called it tough questions. And then a a technically speaking um, section. And it's not, you know, it's not a lot of homework, but, um, you know, they are important questions. Mm -hmm. So, um, and depending on where you are relationally, you're going to want to be able to know whether you can answer the question or can you have this hard conversation with your partner? And uh, maybe if you can't have that hard conversation with your partner, the writing's on the wall that it's time Right. Take the next steps. Can you give some examples of some of those tough questions? I always ask this question and we put it in the book because I always ask the question when people come in to consult with me, 
I want to know if their partner knows they're here. And I want to know what would their partner say is the reason you want to be divorced? (laughs) I love that. And some other ones, you know, there are some things that we don't tell our partners and the safest place to tell your secrets is to your attorney. And I would argue that it's safer than a physician's office, safer than, you know, a, a priest or a therapist, especially if you've got a... Uh, an ongoing custody dispute that's litigious. So the uh, the safest place to to bear your soul is going to be with your attorney. Your attorney's bound by ethical obligation not to repeat it. And I'd paraphrase, generally speaking, the only thing we're allowed to repeat is if you're going to kill yourself or kill somebody else. Right. So, um, you know, really deciding uh, what you're going to talk about, what those questions are going to be, If you're going to have a consult with a lawyer, you know, uh, write down everything you can think of in advance before you walk in a really good consult. You all those questions will be answered before you even have a chance to ask them. Right. Right. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, but no two, no attorneys, no two attorneys are alike. So when you do make that choice and after you've read the book, and work uh-huh. it. You will be so much more prepared to get to understand sort of the big picture of it. I think that was the uh-huh. thing that surprised me yeah. too. Yeah. Was you know, as a divorce attorney going through the process, you know, I know what's coming next. I know what's going to happen. But my ex husband, even though we had been married, and and I had been a divorce attorney the entire time we were married, he acted like I, I felt like he had forgotten. What the process was like, it's a very overwhelming and foggy time. Um, And the things that you once thought you knew, you forget or you second guess. And so, you know, uh, writing down those things, deciding where you're going to, when you're going to trust yourself, um, being brave enough to trust yourself. um, Mm -hmm. Those are some of the hard questions that the book is going to um, help you get to. Right. Right. It's really interesting. I think, you know, one of the things I hear from my clients often is that when they hire an attorney and I wish every, I wish ever, and I feel like this is something that you do because you're, you're talking about it. People don't know how the process works and they don't know what to expect. Most of us have never gone through it before. And I find often my clients are kind of being like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on with my case. And I don't know what's happening next. And I'm not sure how the how the law really works in my state. I wish that more attorneys, like even had like a one sheet, like a pamphlet, right? I mean, you have a whole book, right? But like just a pamphlet that was like, so here's what to expect when you're divorcing in our county, <laughs> right? Or in our state, because it is different everywhere. You're going to get different advice all over the place and people, and it's so overwhelming and confusing. So I created one. (laughs) You did. See, this is why I brought it up. Yes. One pager. The problem is that you're living it every day when you're in it. Right. And uh, most people aren't using coaches because they don't know about you or they don't, you know, you know, all the excuses that people yeah. come up with so much of the process can be out of their control. So like I can make a one pager, right. And uh, the one pager can have 
a uh, it does. The second section of it is about all about discovery. It is all about here is the time period in which you are going to discover what evidence exists, what's in bank accounts, whether there was adultery, what parenting schedule the other person thinks would be suitable. These all these things come in the form of interrogatories, requests for dues, requests for admission, subpoenas, depositions. Um, mm-hmm. This is this phase, but that phase could be many months. Right. Absolutely. Well, because you're waiting for your part for your ex, soon to be ex to, you know, get theirs in or. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. And then as you learn more information, then, you know, you go, oh, well, now that I, I didn't know that I had a bank account there. Um, it's one of our bank accounts. I didn't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I discovered right. that and wrote about it in the book. Like I did, I didn't know we had a bank account there. So then you're like, oh, I got to get another subpoena out. Meanwhile, everything that you are allowed to do, the other party is also allowed to do. Right. And so, and then if they aren't doing it or you're not doing it, is there going to be a hearing date? And when is that hearing date going to be? So like you could be stuck in these phases of my one pager. Right. And and you're stuck in this, you know, I'd say like without a coach, you're nobody's telling you, give yourself a break today. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do this today. You can just be a dad or a mom or a teacher or whatever you do for fun. You can be a, 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 you know, anything you want to be today, but you don't have to be getting divorced today. You can just live your life today they're living the divorce every single day and it can be incredibly overwhelming. And, you know, when you have a lawyer involved uh, every time you say, Hey, what's the status you're going to be charged because lawyers are professional services and they bill by the hour. So when you are having those conversations, when you do decide, or if somebody's decided for you that this is going to be the end of your marriage and you're trying to figure out what those steps are, some of the questions that you should be asking your attorney are, if I email you, when will I get a response back? You know, I tell my client, email me every Thursday. Don't email me in between because it, unless it's an emergency. And then we literally created a, a sheet on what's the difference between urgent and emergent. Good. I mean, if we like the more defined you are, the more effective your counsel is going to be. Well, and you're taking care of your clients in one of the most confusing and destabilizing times of their lives when they're entering, like they're already confused and destabilized. And then they're entering this process that they feel like they have no control over. They don't understand. And so for you to have created this sort of like handholding this is, this is what this phase is. And it could look like this. It could look like this, but you know, here's, here's, and here's how to communicate with me. I mean, I tell my clients that all the time too. I'm like, leave a, you know, an email in in your drafts and add to it as the week goes on. And then set, like, do not send them an email every five minutes because first of all, it's going to cost you a shit ton of money. And also like that you, they get overwhelmed. They get confused. They don't know what they've responded to, what they haven't responded to. It's all right. And also not everything needs an answer, right? So like, get it out. And then at the end of the week, you can look through it and be like, oh, actually, I figured that out, or I don't need to set, I don't need to ask her about that. Right. And it's it's just clearer communication. I always say, like the things that you didn't even they fall off the list. 
And then you realize like that was just in the moment. So Mm -hmm. they're going to fall off the list. I mean, I live my whole life like that. I carry a book around with me everywhere I go. (laughs) <laughs> and I, you know, my mom hat, my, you know, business owner, hat, my lawyer hat, my author hat, like there are things that come up every single day in our lives that, you know, just, and divorce will feel like a full-time job. It will feel like a full-time job. So it, it literally, that hat got put on my list of things to consider. Yes. And I think that that's really, you know, one of the things I often also tell my clients and especially a high conflict, right, which is consistent with what you're saying is that, you know, there might be days that you can keep it on the shelf and not look at it, not think about it and go and live your life. But if you if it is the kind of thing that you have to put some work into every day, schedule that time. Right. And it's like it's an hour, it's two hours, whatever needs to happen to get it done. And then it's done. And you move on with your life because this is a, this is like an ultra marathon or it can be right. In stilettos. In stilettos. Yes. You have have to be very careful. There are some things you don't want to do and you're constantly like tiptoeing around. At least my experience is especially, um, you know, on the financial piece, you don't want to make any missteps. You want to make sure that you're always doing the right thing. And, uh, you know, and as a mom, you want to, or a dad, you want to make sure you're saying the right things. And so like, I always describe it as like stilettos because you just want to be cautious. Somebody is, I had a judge uh, tell an opposing party in one of my cases once, she said, if this is how you behave, knowing that I'm going to be watching. I can't imagine how you behaved when I wasn't. I love that judge. Yes, she's amazing. That's a great judge. I love her. Yeah. Yes, she is great. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why, that's like one of the reasons I described it is going to be an ultra marathon. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like New Year's Eve. It's going to be very anticlimactic. Right. Yes, exactly. And I think the more that we help people understand what to expect through the process, especially the legal, like, you know, as a coach, like people have had coaches before people have been in therapy. So the, the like emotional unpacking, they're not a stranger to, but the legal stuff, people are just like, wait, what? But that doesn't make sense. I don't understand. Right. And I always say like, first of all, the family law system is not fair. It's just not. And they literally don't care that he doesn't put the kids to bed until 10 o'clock on a school night. No, nobody cares. They're, like bad parenting is not illegal. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, uh, even just getting discipline, just a lot of discipline at both homes or acknowledging, like being able to know when your kids are telling the truth at both places, because it, you're very much open to manipulation. Uh, because children are wise, wise beyond their years. Oh yeah. And they're using, they're using it. They know that you feel guilty (laughs) or or not. I mean, you know, it's Mm -hmm. man, it's tough and you're right. And I I will say notwithstanding, it is possible to be a great parent and not a great spouse, you know, like in, in one of our counties in North Carolina, and I'm going to say it like that because I'm, I feel really confident that when you walk in, this is what happens. The assumption okay. is, is regardless of what the parenting schedule was like as an intact family, 
when you walk into the courtroom, it's a clean slate. If either or both parents traveled, like whatever it is, it's going to be an equal parenting schedule unless you tell the court why it shouldn't be. Um, And that's different than when I started practicing. When I started practicing, we looked at precedent and we held to it, but we don't do that all the time anymore. And so, and there's no maternal preference, right? So there's no preference there. It was tender years doctrine. It's gone many years ago. That mom was a better parent. Like there's none of that. We're so evolved from all of those things. It's a real reality check for parents who think that they are, uh, that they want to be in this equal parenting, um, you know, in this equal parenting schedule, but maybe that's not really what they want, or maybe it's not great for the kids, but it is an opportunity. I speak to a lot of business owners and one of the exercises we do, and I think it actually made it into the workbook was, you know, you know, my, I'm a marriage, love and divorce attorney. Uh, after I got divorced, um, I ended up remarrying, uh, I, my blended family is awesome, but so, but I learned a lot, even in this blended family and, um, and learning about his divorce in comparison to mine and to 20 years of experience as a divorce lawyer. So I have all these, all these perspectives, but one of the things that we, that I ended up putting in the workbook, I'm pretty sure is a list of the things that, uh, what, what do you do? What is your, what do you do every day? And what does your spouse do every day for house, for life, for kids, um, for you know, <laughs> whether it so like a lot yes. of times, you know, part of the problem, a lot of what leads to separation. And there's a great, mm-hmm. there was a great um, stat that that uh, was released was that like 67% of the problem is the lack of communication. And so much of that stems from you not knowing what the other party does in the relationship, the resentment that builds. So right. in the workbook, there's an exercise where you actually write all these things down. Your partner write all, writes all these things down. And then I want you to swap, know what that's like. And you can do it for a week, three weeks, a month, six months, whatever it is. Because if you don't know what they're doing, you are going to be doing both your list and their list when your mm-hmm. marriage doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. learn what that's like now and maybe gain some because all too often it is really lopsided. There's not a lot of mutual, you know, I always say like, do you have a mutual ex- mutual exchange of equality in this relationship? What is it? How does it feel? You know, what are you talking about? What what are your roles and responsibilities? And then flip them. And I think the exercise has proven to be pretty useful. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be really useful for, especially, you know, because this is usually skewed by women doing an, you know, an unfair amount of the domestic labor, right? And to, I think for um, for a, a father, for example, right? But for let's say the person who does less domestic labor, to see the list of because it's not just I pack lunch. It's I know when the peanut butter's low. I know when the when we need to add bread to the shopping list. I know that kid A has a science project due on Friday that's going to require all of these materials. So I'm constantly thinking about, oh, wait, I'm going to Target, so I'll get those things too. Right. Like these are things that it's not just 
I pack lunches or I grocery shop, right? It's the, it's the, it's all of the thinking and the planning and the yada, yada, yada that we do that is mostly on us, right? And the outsourcing and the carpooling and the spend the nights and the, yeah, you know, the, right. The appreciation. I mean, yeah, the list is, yeah, it's just big. It's very big. And I think that, you know, so much of it is invisible, it's unseen. It's, and I think that, I hope that people who buy this workbook and, and are doing this exercise will take the time to think of the things that are not just, I do the vacuuming and I do the laundry, <laughs> right? right? Right. So I go, as I'm going through the laundry, I realize you know, Johnny only has like four pairs of socks and they all have holes in them. Okay. So now I'm adding that to the shopping list that when I go to Target, I got to get Johnny more socks. It's not just laundry. It's never just laundry. And now for a quick word from our sponsor, the all new fully revised, should I stay or should I go? After three years of this program existing in the world and changing women's lives, I decided to give it a full makeover. The all new version has all new videos, a podcast-like audio stream if you want to take the work on the go, and completely updated resources for deepening your learning. The program consists of six core modules. The first of which is, who are you? This is the section in which you dig deeply into your own personal development and get in touch with your inner guide, slay your inner critics, mine for values, and learn how to set healthy boundaries. The second module is how you learn to love and helps you understand your attachment style, love languages, and how to properly love and care for the most important person in all of this, yourself. Module three is called, Why Are Women So Exhausted?, and breaks down some of the issues around toxic masculinity and male entitlement, the myth of being a stay-at-home mom, and answers the question, he's fine. Why can't I just be happy? Module four is all about understanding abuse and includes videos on trauma bonds, understanding the cycles of abuse, particularly how they play out in your own relationship, and addresses addiction, infidelity, and mental illness. Module 5 is all about healing and moving forward and includes videos about therapy, couples therapy, healing from betrayal, emotional regulation, and grief. This section also includes my 90-minute workshop, Tackling Codependence, as well as my signature relationship inventory that will help you gain complete clarity on all the parts of your marriage and figure out what's his and what's yours. And module six answers the question, is the grass really greener on the other side? With in-depth videos on dating, cultural and religious isolation, and what happens if you end up alone forever? Spoiler, you probably won't. Whether you decide to stay or go, this program will set you up for a lifetime of clarity and fulfillment. And if you've already decided to go, the program will help you unpack all that's happened and help you heal so that you can move forward without repeating the same mistakes that got you here in the first place. This program is priced super low at just $697. And if you use the code PODCAST, when you check out, you'll get $50 off the full price. What are you waiting for? You have been agonizing with this decision for long enough. It's time to finally know, should you stay or should you go? And now back to our episode. So what are some other things that are in the workbook that you feel are 
like useful or I almost feel, I almost wanted to say probing, but I like, I don't mean that in a gross way, but it also feels like these are, these are probing questions. These are, you're not, it, it doesn't sound like you're doing the easy skimpy work, right? These are probing questions and thought, thought provoking. So a lot of it is, you know, uh, get <laughs> getting your head out of the sand, right? And it's based on the experiences that um, I've counseled over the years. It's based on my own experiences, you know, like uh, a super simple, like the baseline for some of the examples was um, here I am, you know, running a law firm and being a mom and volunteering. And um, we, in my marriage, we have really traditional roles. So um, except you're also an attorney. So <laughs> an attorney by day. <laughs> right? Right. Right. So, but those traditional you know, roles were were created when women were not attorneys. Right. But I, right. Mm-hmm. you know, um, I w- made the conscious choice that this, I, when I get home at night, I don't feel like I'm making any more decisions. I want to be mom. I don't want to be lawyer. I don't want to be running a business. Like I wanted to come home. And, and so we really traditional roles in, and also that, you know, from a financial perspective, I was running a law firm and I wasn't running our, um, our home financially, right? Some of the workbook is going to ask you about what you're willing to, what you're willing to discover. So there's a story in there, like most of, I'll say 95% of the people that I teach when I speak or clients, they might have balance sheets and P&Ls for businesses, um, maybe for other people's businesses, but they do not have anything of the sort for their home. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. can't tell you where they're spending their money, except for those summary itemized statements they get from the credit card company at the end of the year. Very few people have much more than that. And so like, how much are you willing to discover? And one of my examples was, um, uh, I went, I, I thought we had a bank account somewhere and, um, it turns out we did. I walked in, I said, you know, with my long blonde hair, uh, with all the stereotypes, even though I pay for my blonde, you know, all the stereotypes of being a blonde. And I said, oh my gosh, uh, I said to the really sweet teller who was sitting at the desk or whatever, you know, asked her if, they, if she could help me because my husband's out of town and um, I'm, I can't, I need some money. And anyway, she turned her computer screen right around to me and she said, can you give me uh, his social? And so sure enough, I, she showed me the accounts we had at the bank and uh, money had moved out of one of the accounts. Now, whether it was $500, $5,000, $50,000, it didn't matter to me. The whole idea was there was something happening right here in front of me that I didn't know about. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mm -hmm. in that process, you know, it creates distrust. And so if you think you are going down the path of, I'm not sure, I don't know if I want to get married or I'm married and I don't know if I'm happy Mm -hmm. or we're separated and this is temporary and are we going to get divorced? Like if you aren't willing to do your homework the way you would do your homework for a test or prepare for a job interview or whatever your thing is, 
prepare for a sporting event when we were teenagers or whatever. Like if you aren't willing to do the work, you're not going to to uh, be as successful as you could be on the other side. And when I mean successful, I don't mean monetarily successful. I mean successful mm-hmm. life. I mean happy with where you are, um, satisfied. And there's so much that you are in control of. It's just a matter of whether you're really willing to dig in. And um, so a lot of the workbook is really challenging based on those experiences of, uh, like I said, my firsthand experiences, but also um, those thousands that came before me in, um, in my domestic practice. I always say like, you don't really know who someone is until you break up with them. <laughs> you know, I would like, say the people you marry are not the people you divorce. That's yes. That's a, that's a good way of putting it too. Right. I mean, because yeah. people are operating out of fear and there are all sorts of reasons for it. You have to be willing to turn over the stones and look at the, look at the ick. Well, yes. And you know, the other thing is, and I write about this a lot because you know, it takes two to the it takes two to say I do and one to say I don't. Mm-hmm. So right. at any point, you know, I'm, I'm I make for a terrible dinner guest because you know I love sitting at a table of all my happily married friends and I'm like, so are you ready if you know he comes home t- tomorrow and says he don't want to be married? Like, what's that going to be like for you? Are you prepared for that? Oh, that would never happen to me. Okay, well, you know, what are we teaching our kids? Uh, I, I listen, and I'm a marriage-loving divorce attorney, but I'm also on the other side recognizing that as as cliche as it is, knowledge is power, and you have it. It's just a matter of, you know, yeah. whether you're willing to dig in. And so the, the thing that all domestic cases are going to have, right? It's going to be how we divide property, property being assets, debts, things like that, whether there's going to be financial support for either party, whether there's going to be child support for the children, whether, you know, what the child custody schedule is going to be, whether we call it parenting schedules or visitation or whatnot. Um, You know, those are the notice. I did not say anything about divorce because Mm -hmm. divorce to me sort of sits on its own. Right. So those are these big topics that we have to um, address. And so, you know, um, we talk about all of those things in the book and in the workbook. You know, I think of uh, in my family every year for the last, I think, nine, we do a week beach trip. (laughs) There's no order other than mine that might have a paragraph that talks about my family beach week trip. It's the time when all the cousins get to get together. I get to see my brothers and grandparents and it's this really big extended family. Are you thinking about those things that are going to be really important to you that the kids are relying on, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. what traditions be thinking about those? How are you going to manage those things? I mean, as we're going through the holidays and um, we're talking about traditions and, and recognizing that some traditions die hard and that especially if it's your first year of being separated, it's going to be a tough year for the holidays. And so it gets better because like we, we evolve, we adapt, but when you're thinking through like, uh, what is meaningful and important to you, don't assume that your lawyer knows about that week long trip that you take to the beach every year. They might not. So 
the workbook's going to have some questions for you like that about what parenting schedules, you know, really asking what it is that you really want versus what your ego might want. Mm. And what, what will your kids really want? And knowing what age your kids really get an opinion and uh, what's when they don't really have an opinion, you know, like a, I had a teenage girl in a case, I represented one of the parents and the judge said to the other parent, the parent was like, judge, like she's 15. Uh, I can't get a 15 year old to go. And the judge said, does she eat her broccoli? Mm -hmm. And uh, the parent was like, well, yes, of course she eats her broccoli. She doesn't like it, but she eats it. And the judge is like, well, you tell her it's like eating her broccoli. Again, like all judges in all counties and of all states might be different, but you need to know how to handle those situations. What's important to you? How your children are going to respond? Do you want to involve a therapist? Do your homework well in advance? It gets a long, it takes a long time to get in with a good therapist right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having yeah. your list of the people that you've read about where you would, you know, what your resources would look like financially, emotionally, educationally, uh, having that sort of, I hate to say it's kind of like a divorce prepper. Well, if you're thinking about it, you should think about these things. And sometimes you should think about them in advance, right? Because these are things that are, these are important questions. And I, you know, I have in my, my book that just came out, it's about making the decision. Right. And so, but part of making the decision is knowing what your life is going to look like on the other side, what it could look like. You don't want to jump in blindly without the information that's really necessary and important to you. Yes. Right. And is my life actually going to work in this new manner? Right. How is it going to work? Not if. Right. 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 How? What's it going to look like? (laughs) Right. It's going to look right. Well, but also like maybe it won't, right? Maybe I can't afford, maybe I actually legitimately can't afford to move. Maybe I legitimately can't afford to stay in my county. And maybe I legitimately can't live without my ex's health plan. To know that in advance and say, okay, well, then I have to weigh this. And maybe I, maybe I actually can't leave. Maybe, right? But you can't know that if you've got your head in the sand. Right. And I think that's one of the big mistakes that people make when they do decide that they don't want to be in a marriage is they don't know what it looks like or worse is that they think what happened to their friend or neighbor is the same thing that happened to them. That is, it's so difficult. I always have to say like, just forget everything you've ever been told about uh, separation and divorce. We're going to start from scratch. I'm going to pretend you've never known anybody to be separated and divorced. And you definitely haven't been watching TV uh, or seeing right. any, you know, like, All right. just I right. need you to have a clean slate. And even then, you know, um, it's, it's baffling to me. I am more, if you know that it's not the right relationship and you feel like, you know, you recognize that it takes two of you to make it work and only one of you is willing to make it work. And so therefore leaving is probably the next thing that would happen is being prepared for that, you know, understand, understanding the financial piece, because you, especially I'd say, especially if you have children, 
both of you have a financial obligation to raise to raise whatever children you've you know had. So, mm-hmm. and you both need a roof over your head. If the other person's not open to having those conversations, and you know that, or you feel like it's something that needs to happen more strategically, like having the right advice, choosing the right attorney, researching the right things. You know, it can really be paramount and be life changing for what it looks like mm-hmm. on the other side when you do make the decision. Absolutely, hundred percent. Could not agree more. Nicole, tell everyone where they can find you and your book and the workbook and all the things. Thanks so much. It is um, Nicole Sodoma. It's N I C O L E Sodoma S O D O M A dot com, and that's my handle on I think everything, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, Facebook, because that's still my generation. Right. Um, Instagram. <laughs> Same girl. Yeah. I mean, I'm moving over to Instagram, but it's a slow move. Um, <laughs> and I, we also have a, a LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from you and uh, your guests. And thanks for having me on. I've so enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much, Nicole. It was such a pleasure. And I, I love this conversation. And the book and the workbook are just, I think, great resources. Um, as people are moving through this entire process, there's just so many things that we need to think about that having a guide and a workbook to say, actually, this is what you need to think about. <laughs> it's really helpful. So, well, and if you're anything like me, I actually did the audible. I narrated my own audible, which I, I swear I would make a side hustle because if you're like me and you're always doing 14 things at once, it's also on audible. I should mention. Oh, thank you so much, Nicole. This is such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.